Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Hey, we're so glad that you joined us again this Sunday, and I'm really looking forward to sharing this message with you. Uh, Today, we are wrapping up our series, It's Complicated, or as we pointed out last week, It's Complicated. And today we're talking about the made-up word just for this series, forgiveness ship. Forgiveness is something that is really difficult for a lot of people because the wounding that we face as we progress through relationship in life can be at times overwhelming, sometimes devastating, sometimes beyond our ability to understand. And when those things happen, it really becomes difficult for us to understand the reality of what forgiveness is and what it does. So we're going to unpack that just a little bit today, but why don't you join me as we pray together first. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. I thank you that it speaks to every facet of life, every situation that we might face. There is an answer if we would allow your Holy Spirit to guide us into the things you have told us in this great love story you have written. And Father, today as we talk through forgiveness ship, I pray that it would become apparent to us how much it is that you've done for us and how well we are equipped by your spirit to do this wonderful thing, forgiveness, in the world today. Amen. All right, well, it's maybe one of the more difficult things we have to do as human beings. Forgiveness is not something we wake up every day and say, boy, I'm really excited to forgive someone today. Uh, But once you know the freedom and the power that comes with being a person who can forgive, it really is amazing to walk through life unaffected by wrongs, past wrongs, even present wrongs that others might cause you. You know, the old sayings around forgiveness and bitterness are are all rather similar, but I remember the one, it's uh, trying to kill someone with bitterness or unforgiveness is like trying to drink poison yourself, hoping that it'll kill the other person. And unforgiveness really does do that for us. And so if we have blood pumping through our veins, the reality is, I promise you, you will be dealing with forgiveness very soon. So there's a lot of misguided understandings of what forgiveness is, both inside the church and outside. And we're going to talk about just a few of them this morning. Now, we have limited time in this uh, virtual message, but it is something that we would love to talk about After the fact, in our prayer rooms, for instance, our virtual prayer rooms, you might want to check those out. In connect groups and in various other forms of meeting that we have throughout the week. This topic, I believe, is one we should all talk through, we should share through. uh, Because as you're going to discover, forgiveness was actually not meant to be done alone, which is one of the biggest problems. So let's just start with something really basic. You've heard the term forgive and forget, right? And you might even think that that was founded in the Bible, but it was not. It's not a biblical phrase at all. In fact, uh, forgive and forget the concept, the phraseology of that appeared somewhere around the 1300s AD and then was made famous by William Shakespeare in, I believe it was Don Quixote and uh, by the character Don Quixote and also by one of his characters, King Lear, who said something like, let us forget and also forgive. Um, But the Bible doesn't say that. Now, we do have one contextual verse in the scriptures that suggests that perhaps God forgets our sin. And I think that's where a lot of this this ideology around forgiveness comes to us. And so as we talk through this today, I just, I want to highlight very quickly a very simple uh, list that a commentator by the name of Mike Livingstone posted to one of the websites he works for. 
And this is just a little 10-step list, and we're going to make it available to you in the notes uh, so that you can go through this yourself. So the first thing, when it comes to God's forgiveness for us, it's God forgives our transgressions. So he is the forgiver of our sin, and you can read about that in Psalm 32, 1-5. The second thing he does is he actually covers our sin. And the covering of sin is mentioned in Psalm 32, 1 and Romans 4, 7. Um, the, uh, the, there's a third one. He does not charge us with iniquity. iniquity. That's kind of a bookkeeping term or, a, or an invoicing term to be charged with something. Uh, but he no longer counts sin against us. That's Psalm 32, 2, Romans 4, 8. The fourth thing, he removes our sins from us. We often don't think about the power of forgiveness in actually removing wrong from someone who has done wrong. Uh, but, but it does. A concept that you might be familiar with is absolution. Um, when we forgive someone, we are granting absolution. We're granting freedom and liberty from being in bondage to that wrong thing that they did. That's Psalm 103, uh, verse 12, and John 1, 29. Uh, the fifth thing God does in his forgiveness for us, he washes away our guilt and cleanses us from our sin. Sin leaves a mark, a stain on our life that many songs have been written about, the Bible talks about, that only God can wipe away. And he washes that sin away completely. He makes us uh, as white as snow, it says. Psalm 51, 2, Isaiah 1, 18, um, and John 1, 9. Um, this is the one that we kind of associate with God's forgetting of our sin. Number six, he throws all our sins behind his back. That's Isaiah 38, 17. And he puts them behind him so that he doesn't see them in front of him anymore. That's the, that's the kind of metaphorical sense that forgiveness is realized when it's in God's hands to do that work. The seventh, he sweeps away our transgression. Just like the dirt on the floor in your house, sometimes you've got to take up a broom, you sweep it out, you throw it out of the house. So he sweeps away our transgression from us, Isaiah 43.25 and 44.22. Now the eighth thing, he remembers our sins no more. Isaiah 43, 25, Jeremiah 31, 34, Hebrews 8, 12, and Hebrews 10, 16 through 17. Now I know I'm rattling these off at a high rate of speed, but if you go back and check in the notes, I'd love for you to study through some of these on your own or in a group, because these are parts of the word of God that we should actually become intimate with. So he remembers our sin no more. When God forgives our sin, he forgets them, not in the sense of forgetfulness, but in the sense that he no longer holds it against us. He chooses to remember them no more. The ninth, he casts all of our sin into the depths of the sea. One of my favorite, and I know I have so many favorites, Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 9. He throws, it says he has compassion on us, and he throws all of our sin into the sea. And it sinks like a lead anchor. It's gone. Um, and finally, the last one that we're going to talk about really briefly in this part of the message, he nails our sin debt to the cross. You see, when Jesus forgives us, it my sin... Oh, <laughs> there, there's so many great old hymns written about this. But, but our sin is nailed to the cross so that we don't bear it anymore. Now that's a profound and powerful image in and of itself. Jesus bore our sin. He bore our shame. He bore our iniquity to the cross. Um, and anyways, the first to go with that is Colossians 2.14. You see, when God handles forgiveness, it is through a profound love that 
we learn about and begin to understand as we pursue a relationship with him. But before God's in our life, before we have a relationship with him, we would really struggle to understand the love that is the motivator behind this kind of forgiveness that God has for us. So God, his forgiveness really covers all the angles. It covers all the questions. It covers all of the the liabilities, if you can understand that, because he is forgiving from a place of supernatural ability. He is forgiving from a place of, of deity when he forgives our sin. Now we are giving are forgiving one another and we are operating in forgiveness starting from a place of of carnality. We're starting from just who we are, broken, uh, depressed, frustrated, angry, happy, sad. All of those things are where we have to start from. And just to be fair to us in this case, we're not capable of forgiving the way God does, at least not initially. And so what does the Bible actually say about how we forgive? We've rattled through 10 and many, 10 points and many verses about how God forgives. But what does the Bible say about how you and I forgive, how human beings, how followers of Jesus forgive? Well, let's start in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, where it says this, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't see a lot of option in there. That really comes across to me as a command. It really comes across to me as there not being a lot of wiggle room in it. I'm to be kind to you. I'm to be tenderhearted and forgiving toward you because or just as God through his son Jesus also has forgiven me. Now, Matthew 6, 14 and 15, this is Jesus speaking, goes on to say this. And this is where for a follower of Jesus, it becomes very pointed. Because remember, Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what I command. And Jesus' instructions to us as pastors and those who follow him are to teach others in the process of discipleship to do all that he commands. So here's what Jesus commands in Matthew 6, 14 and 15. It says, for if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. That's the good news. And that's the easy part. But then verse 15 goes on to say, but if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. Now, I don't know about you, but if the one who came, literally his purpose is to restore my relationship to my creator by the process of forgiveness, and he tells me that if I can't forgive, my heavenly father will not forgive me, I'm going to take that really seriously. And what does that mean exactly? Well, before you get focused on the part that you can't do, let's understand something. Jesus asks us to do something, but he never asks us to do something that is impossible if he's involved. That is to say, Jesus does not ask you to walk on the water if he's not intending to help you walk on the water. Jesus doesn't ask you to do crazy and insane things unless he is the one speaking to you and and, and basically going to come and back you up in the task He's given you. This is why we walk in confidence when we plant churches and when we pray for the sick and and when we do other things that we 
when we're following the command of Jesus. We have a confidence because he has asked us to do it. And so when it comes to the issue of forgiveness, we need to become masters of it, knowing that we are both qualified and called by Jesus to ask for forgiveness and also to grant forgiveness to people who have wronged us. Now just let that sink in for a moment. It's a myth that we forgive and forget. It's a myth that God simply just forgives and forgets. There is so much more at work. One of the ways that people really uh, end up in a, in a bind trying to understand this whole concept of forgiveness is in an abusive marriage. Let's use that as an example. So the, way, the man is abusive of the wife. Sorry, guys, it's just typically the way this thing burns down. But the man is abusive of the wife, and the wife says, well, I'm going to forgive my husband. So she stays in the relationship and the man abuses her again. But she says, I'm going to forgive him. I'm going to stay in the relationship. I just want you, I want to be really clear. That's not how forgiveness works. Forgiveness is about setting her free from bitterness, from pain, from frustration, from all of those things that will attack her, whether she stays in the relationship or not. Now, if you're being abused by your spouse, you need to get some help and you need to get out of the relationship into a safe place. There is help for that. And we are not advocating as a church, nor have we ever advocated as a church, to stay in abusive and unhealthy relationships because that's not the definition of forgiveness. When we forgive someone, we are making a choice not to hold the act of their past against them. That does not mean we forget, and it certainly does not mean we just have to sit there and let it happen again and again. All right, the second myth that I want to address, and this one is, is interesting to me, is that um, it's too hard to forgive some things. The myth is that some things are just beyond forgiveness. You did something so horrible, so wicked, so evil. It is beyond forgiveness. That's a myth, except for that it's actually not a myth. Um, it's actually the truth. There are many things in life that are beyond our ability to forgive. And maybe this is why this message is so important today. The myth in this scenario is not that things are too impossible to forgive because there are impossible things. The myth would be that I should be able to forgive on my own without any help, without any instruction, without any boundaries, without any qualification, without any understanding. You see, that's the myth. There are many, many difficult circumstances. Horrible things are done in the name of selfishness, in the name of religion, in the name of, well, usually it's about the money. Let's just face facts on that one. Horrible atrocities are committed. And we would not sit here and say, well, God's word just says to forgive and let it keep happening. That's not how it's supposed to work. But then how do you forgive when it becomes impossible to say the words, I forgive you? Well, here's the truth. You can't. Some things are too hard for you to forgive. And that's a simple truth for every human being. In fact, I believe that every person on this earth will encounter on multiple occasions throughout their lifetime circumstances or events or hurts or wrongs where, this, where it is impossible in and of themselves to offer forgiveness to the offender. Now, 
people do horrible things. And so what are we to do with these situations? And here's what I'm reminded of. In Matthew 19, 26, and I'll qualify that, yes, Jesus was talking in this case to the rich young ruler who was told to sell everything he had and give it to the poor. Um, and, then, and then he was conversing with the disciples when he said this. But, but here's what he says. He says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So allow me to just pull that verse out of the context that Jesus said it in and put it in the context of who Jesus is to us. I cannot forgive you for that horrible thing. That is true. But what is, but what is impossible for me is possible with God. Now, this is important because we are called to forgive one another as God forgave us. And right there is the simplification of this entire issue. I am not called to forgive you necessarily in and of my own strength, although it would be by my choice to forgive you if you've wronged me. What I am called to do is to forgive you in the grace that God has used to forgive me in my own life. And remember, grace is divine unmerited favor. So God in his graciousness to me forgives me for, I don't know, I lost count at three or four. And I'm sure it's millions of things that I have done in my lifetime to break the laws of God in their various forms and places. But he forgives me and then equips me to forgive by the work of Jesus on the cross in the same manner that he forgives. You know, one of the things that's a bit of a fallacy that goes with this is that we think, okay, well, I can't forgive you, but I'm going to ask God and he's going to help me forgive you. If you stop right there with forgiveness, you're missing another important step. You see, the reality is, is you're not intended to do many of these things alone. In fact, some of the things in life that we face when it comes to overcoming or forgiving require the assistance of other people. When you're working on your vehicle or working on something that's broken in your home, you will require tools for certain jobs. And if you don't have the tool, you will need to go and borrow it or you'll go and buy it so that you can do that task at home. Now, when it comes to forgiveness, and we apply this same analogy, there are some situations that you will not be able to forgive because you don't possess the right tools. You don't have the right backing. Maybe you aren't capable, because of pain, of putting the right boundaries around your situation. And so we aren't to forgive just alone, but sometimes the process of forgiveness needs to come through things like counseling, or through meditation, or really just through a really good friend who can be there and be with you, walking you through that situation. We spend, my wife and I, Pastor Amy, a good amount of our time in relationship counseling with people in and outside of the church, both marital and premarital, dealing with the issue of forgiveness and the understanding of changing the way we approach it from something that is me-centered to something that is relying on the help of God and those who we trust and who are safe around us. We probably learned this watching our kids more than any other place in life. The reality that we can't forgive on our own, the reality that we don't always have the capacity to do what Jesus said, Forgive as the Heavenly Father forgave you. And if you don't, he won't forgive you. Um, I want to unpack that because if you think about it for a second, 
if we can't forgive the way the Heavenly Father forgives us, maybe it's because we have not completely understood exactly how he's forgiven us. Maybe there's something missing in our, in our doctrine of salvation, of how we understand that we are saved by the blood and the love of Jesus. Now, watching our children will never ever forget, and probably all of our children have walked through this, but my youngest daughter, Mara, is the one that stands out more than any other. Mara is a passionate, uh, wonderful little girl. She's the youngest of four, so she often is on the bottom of the doggy pile and when it comes to conversation and when it comes to many of the issues she faces in life. And although I can't remember if this story was about a sibling or about a friend from school, my wife had to sit down with her because she was so angry. She was so full of unforgiveness and it was changing who she was. As Amy talked through the scenario with her and brought her to the place of, okay, so Mara, the next thing we need to do, you need to forgive that person. And my sweet little daughter, and if you know her, you know how wonderful and sweet she is. She, in absolute frustration, said, I can't forgive. And my wife, who is a godly woman, heard from the Holy Spirit in that moment and said this, you're right, you can't. And that's why we need Jesus. You see, in and of ourselves, we do not have the capacity to forgive the way God forgives. In and of ourselves, because the human heart is deceitful and wicked above all else who can know it. That's what the Bible says about our hearts. Because of that, we are incapable of forgiving in the manner that God forgives us. But there was a change the moment you put your faith in Jesus. There was a change. There was a coming to life of something in your spirit that reminded you and brought you back to the image that you were created with. 1 Peter 4.8 says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. And remember, one of the things that God does in forgiving is cover our sins. So 1 Peter 4.8 is saying that love forgives a multitude of sins. Now, I want you to understand this. You see, it's not my love that covers your sin. It never was. I might be able to overlook some things because I love you, but it is not my love that takes away your sin. It is not my love that heals the wrongs done by you. It's not my love that can heal the wrong that is done by me. So then whose love is it? What love is it that allows us to become forgivers? Well, it's God's love. God's all-encompassing, all-surpassing, never-ending, overwhelming, everlasting love. Everything that he is every part of who he is revealed in that one verse that says, and God is love. What is it about God's love? Well, God's love, first of all, is supernatural. Agape love. Agape love is a divine love. Agape love is a, is a complete love. Agape love is what we strive to be, to do as those who follow Jesus. The love that you possess all by yourself well, if you look around you, the love we possess as human beings isn't enough to make marriages last. 
the love we possess is not enough to help mothers carry children to term. The love that we possess, even for ourselves, is so broken and so twisted, we can't even forgive ourselves. And I want you to think about that today. Inside of our own love, we remain powerless to forgive, even ourselves. But God's love takes us to a different place. The love that covers a multitude of sins is not the love of men. It's not earthly love. But it's a heavenly love, a supernatural love, a spiritual love. The love that our Creator has for us. And when it comes to forgiveness, you cannot do it on your own. Now sure, there's some things that we get better at. My wife offended me probably seven or eight times this morning alone. And I didn't even give it a second. I'm just kidding. My wife didn't offend me at all this morning. But once we come to a place, if you can think of it this way, forgiveness is almost like a weight that we have to lift to become stronger. And the more we forgive, the better we become at it. Because there's a reward in forgiveness. As we learn to forgive, as we forgive others as God forgave us, we begin to become freer. We begin to become stronger. We actually become more conformed to the image of Jesus. And when that begins to happen, we are taking on the character of Jesus and the nature of Jesus and therefore the ability of Jesus to move through those difficulties. So what was difficult to forgive at the beginning of your walk with God if you're becoming more like Christ will not be as hard later on. And even if it is, you're not going to forgive in your strength. You're not going to forgive in your love, but his. Forgiveness can be a really complicated thing when we try to do it in our own strength. But when we truly understand and bend our will to what Jesus says, what's impossible with us becomes possible because of who he is in us. With man, this is impossible. But with God... All things, are, all things are possible. Today, wherever you're at in your relationships, whatever it is that you're facing that you may need to ask forgiveness for or to offer forgiveness, I want you to know that it really is about setting you free before it sets anyone else free. And there's a really simple thing that you need to do to enact the supernatural power of God in your life to help you. We often close the service here at Generations Church by saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with what I've heard today? And I just want to say this time, I'm going to answer that question for you. The Holy Spirit would say to you, I want you to forgive people that you're choosing not to forgive. And the first step for you to be able to do that right now in this moment is to say, Jesus, I need you to help me forgive and then you fill in the issue, you fill in the name. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. But I know by experience that as you begin to take that step, you will discover that Jesus is faithful and he will walk with you in that process. And then you too will know the freedom that comes into our lives because of forgiveness. Why don't you let me pray for you right now? Jesus, I know that there are so many difficult situations that are represented in every person that is watching this video today. 
Lord, some of them are horrible situations. Some of them are atrocious. They are beyond comprehension. Some of them are even beyond being able to talk about. Lord, some of them are also frivolous and selfish in nature. But today, Jesus, I pray that each person would look to you right now in this moment and say, Jesus, I can't forgive. I need your help. Lord, I know that you hear our prayer. And I know that you come running to all those who call on your name. Holy Spirit, help us each to understand in our heart right now the freedom that is waiting on the other side of this word, forgive. Help us to walk into it. Help us to learn to love like you. Help us to learn to forgive like you forgive, God, so that we can continue to walk in the forgiveness that you have purchased for us with the life of Jesus at the cross. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.